Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your ordinances. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. I shall walk at liberty, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your decrees before kings, and shall not be put to shame. I find my delight in your commandments because I love them. I revere your commandments, which I love, and I'll meditate on your statutes. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 1 through 20. The plans of the mind belong to mortals, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All one's ways may be pure in one's own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the trouble, the day of trouble. All those who are arrogant are an abomination to the Lord. Be assured they will not go unpunished. By loyalty and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one avoids evil. When the ways of the people please the Lord, he causes even their enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with better is a little with righteousness than large income with injustice. The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Inspired decisions are on the lips of a king, his mouth does not sin in judgment. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's, all the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of a king, and he loves those who speak what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, and whoever is wise will appease it. In the light of a king's face there is life, and his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright avoids evil, those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit among the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Those who are attentive to a matter will prosper, and happier those who trust in the Lord. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, also you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, 
Sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Good morning and welcome to the 22nd, Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. The readings this morning uh, come from Psalm 119, Proverbs 16, and Matthew 19. Um, And anybody who's listened for a while probably knows I cannot stand reading reading Proverbs for first formation. It's literally just one sentence followed by another totally distinct and disconnected sentence. I can't stand it. Um, but the uh, the rich young man from Matthew 19, which is, I believe appears in Matthew, or in Mark and Luke as well, but I'm not, I'm not confident, because elsewhere it's also been called uh, the parable of the, or the, the rich young ruler. This isn't a parable. Um, it's a man who comes to Jesus and says, and gives him the, you know, the appropriate title, Rabbi, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Um, and it's fine to want to go to heaven or whatever. A lot of people do it. Um, it's maybe not the the best way to, or the best reason to enter a religion, but I mean, it's very popular at the very least. Um, and I say that because then it just becomes a carrot and a stick. You're doing things to get a reward and not doing things to, to become a certain kind of person. But anyway, um, Jesus gives them this kind of, you know, stump answer, where he's like, well, here's the Ten Commandments, do those. And the young man says, um, I've done that. You know, what more do I have to do? And I don't know, I don't know why, if he believes he's really done that, why does he not, why does he not think that he has inherited eternal life? He just has to wait till he dies, right? Um, but he's clearly got some insecurity. Um, and some people have said, you know, he's trying to challenge Jesus. Um, it's not clear to me that that's the case from at least this reading. Um, in other Gospels, maybe there's some clues. But in Matthew, it's just this guy seems genuinely, you know, interested in having eternal life. And he wants to make sure that he's doing it right. Um, and so Jesus, after after the guy asks, like, what else do I have to do? Jesus says, well, if you want to be perfect, um, because anybody can keep the commandments, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you have and thereby store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Um, And I think, I'm thinking of the 12 apostles, if that, that same invitation, simple invitation of follow me, if that is extended typically to the to the twelve apostles, is is Jesus saying, You can be you can come be my apostle if you do these things? Or is it just like be one of the many one of the crowds that, that believes in me, but not necessarily be my apostle? Um anyways, so the guy is told like, look, if you want to go above and beyond um, if you want to exceed the standard, you want to train to the task, not to time, as we sometimes would say in the in some of my units. 
um, then here's this bold step that you can make. And the boldness of it uh, carries its own reward. Get rid of everything that you think is important to you and replace that with, with me. And when you do this thing, make sure it benefits the poor. Uh, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, give the money to the poor, um, and then you will have you know a booming bank account in heaven. And then follow me for the rest of however long you live. Um, and this final verse is what trips people up. And I'd, I'd have to check the other gospels where this appears, um, but I think it's very similar. And I don't know. I, I think it's a cynical read to suggest the following. This is how many people re- interpret the, the last line. When young man heard this word, he went away grieving for he had many possessions. Most people I've spoken to, including, you know, um, seminary instructors and theologians, they assume that he does that, you know, he's sad because he can't do it or he won't do it. And that may be true, but it's skeptical. It may also be that he has every intention of doing it, but he sees the task before him and it's daunting, but he will do it. Um, you know, who among us have set out to do something that when we set out to do it, we didn't think we could. Um, in boot camp, I remember specifically, I think I tell this tale often, um, You, I went in kind of knowing, you know, and this was before 9-11, knowing that there's a certain kind of game that everybody's playing. I mean, we're not in war. They're going to, you know, yell at us and stuff like we're in war, but we're not. Um, in fact, the USS Cole was bombed in Yemen when I was in... Um, in boot camp and we all thought we were going to war but anyway um and so it's a game i get it like the drill sergeants do not yell and scream every moment of their life at some point they hang hang up their brown round go home and they screw their wife and you know pat their kids on the head like this is not who they are this is part of a a game anyway so there's this i remember calling it the gauntlet but i think different services have different names but it was a uh, a, a series of platforms supported by four pillars on the corner. Um, no ladder, no rope, no nothing. Just these platforms that that widened as they went up. Um, and the drill sergeant said, "Okay, you're going to get, you're going to go over this with a team of four people, and you're going to get to the top, and you're going to come down." And I thought to myself, "Oh, this is a game. It's actually, you know, you can't really do it." They're going to like show you how you can't do everything you set your mind to and you know, part of like breaking you down and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, you go ahead and play a game. And sure enough, those drill sergeants did not stop until everybody got up and over. And it was at that point that I realized that, um, that there are some things that I genuinely do not think I can do. But if I set my mind to them and if I have encouragement and support... Um, even like tough love support, I actually can do things that I did not know I could do. Um, similarly for this young man, this rich young man, um, he goes away sad. He doesn't go away dejected. He doesn't go away angry. He doesn't go away, you know, smugly, you know, self-satisfied because nobody can sell. No, he goes away sad because he has many possessions. He recognizes the task ahead and we can take that as 
he doesn't think he can do it and he won't, which is cynical and pessimistic. Or we can say, as we have said, I'm sure, in our own lives, um, this is going to be a very difficult task. And right here at the outset, I'm nervous about accomplishing it, but I'm committed to it. Um, and I think that's the hopeful way to read that passage, um, that Jesus gives him this invitation. He lays out exactly what he has to do. And the guy in asking, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He really does want to in- inherit eternal life. He really does want this thing that Jesus promises. And that means that when he goes home, he needs to start collecting all of his many possessions, selling them and giving the money to the poor. And that is a daunting task. But it is not impossible. Um, it's not impossible when God is is the one who gives the invitation. You know, these aren't drill sergeants, drill sergeants, you know, who, who motivate through fear. This is the God of, of, all, of the universe that created us and loves us. And he says, come, follow me. This is what you have to do. You know, I'm detail-oriented, so I love having a little to-do list, knowing exactly what's expected of me. It doesn't make the job easier. Um, and still, at the outset of, of certain tasks, fatherhood, um, you know, maybe somebody's done a marathon. Like It seems daunting. You don't think you can do it. You can't imagine what it looks like, but that's the point of the invitation. The invitation is not just to complete the task, but to see yourself as being capable of doing so. It's an invitation to hope. A prayer for the answering of prayer. Almighty God, who has promised to hear the petitions of those who ask in your Son's name, we beseech you mercifully to incline your ear to us who have now made our prayers and supplications to you, and grant that those things which we have faithfully asked according to your will may effectually be obtained to the relief of our necessity and to the setting forth of your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia. Mm-hmm.